Happy Easter. Yes, it is still Easter when following the church calendar. The season of Easter called Eastertide lasts from Easter Sunday through the celebration of Pentecost 50 days later. In this, the second Sunday of Easter, our passage is from the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning in the 19th verse and continuing through to the end of the chapter. As often happens with longer sections of Scripture, there are a few different points a person can decide to highlight. Immediately, in the opening words, we have the reality of a physical resurrection body, but one that is capable of unrestricted movement, in this case, into a locked room. Next is what can be seen as the birth of the sacramental priesthood with the giving of the Holy Spirit to the apostles and sending them out with a distinct commission to forgive sins. St. Ambrose, Bishop of Milan, beginning in the year of our Lord 374, comments on this point saying, They affirm that they are showing great reverence for God, to whom alone they reserve the power of forgiving sins. But in truth, none do him greater injury than those who choose to prune his commandments and reject the office entrusted to them. For inasmuch as the Lord Jesus himself said in the gospel, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, whosoever sins ye forgive, they are forgiven unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Who is it that honors him most, he who obeys his bidding or he who rejects it? The office of the priest is a gift of the Holy Spirit. This portion of the passage, the beginnings of the Christian priesthood, is a reminder to pray for those serving the church and the world as priests. It is, as St. Gregory the Great pointed out, a great honor which comes with a heavy burden. We then have the response of Thomas when he returned to the room, but after Jesus had already left. Thomas does not want to accept the testimony of the other disciples and says that he needs to personally place his fingers in the wounds of Jesus before he will believe. An interaction between Thomas and the other disciples that gained him the reputation of doubting Thomas is unfair, really, as Thomas was only saying that he wanted what the others had already received. We could spend a good bit of time on any of the above. Each detail can be the foundation of multiple messages and lessons. But today, on the octave, the eighth day of Easter, I want to invite your attention to the final interaction between Jesus and his disciples found within this larger passage. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Eight days later, the disciples are still in the upper room. This time Thomas is there. The doors are still locked and Jesus once again, lets himself in. Jesus assures the disciples with his words of peace and then addresses Thomas. Put your finger in the nail holes. Put your hand in my side where it was pierced with the Roman spear. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas responds in faith, my Lord and my God. Thomas in this moment has his redemption moment for any doubt he may have previously had.
St. Gregory the Great says that this entire sequence, Thomas not being there the first time Jesus appeared, Thomas then expressing his need for evidence, and then, and then Jesus appearing eight days later and bolstering Thomas's faith, is all by grand design. Gregory says it was not an accident that that particular disciple was not present. The divine mercy ordained in a doubting disciple should, by feeling in his master's wounds of the flesh, heal us the wounds of unbelief. And those final words are where we bring our focus this morning. Our belief or our unbelief. Jesus responds to Thomas stating that he believes because he sees, but blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still they believe. And that, quite simply, is us. Every generation of faithful Christians that has lived since those first eyewitnesses has lived with a unique blessing of being able to believe without having seen. In the words of Gregory, that the wounds of unbelief created by the lack of seeing are overcome and healed by the personal experience of Thomas. That we can, nearly 2,000 years later, place our faith in Christ by faith and not by sight. We know in our faith that Jesus overcame sin and death for us. We know we can be forgiven because our sins were nailed to the cross with Christ, but were left in the grave when he arose on Easter morning. Blessed are they who have not seen. Blessed are you who has not seen, and yet you have believed. Amen.